You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of uh, 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 this week's episode of Unchained, episode fifty-two, and that is just me mumbling away. I know it's not the sexy sounds of Mike Harridance this week; it's the crazy and confusingly mumbling words of Ben Shulabir Hall. But it's okay. We've got we've probably got one of the best hosts on PSU this me to this eight you know to co-host with me. We've got the Dane buying my book right now, Smith. Hello, Dane. How's it going, Ben? You forgot to say host with the most? Uh, well, you know, if you're the host with the most, then... Well, yeah, you are the host with the most. <laughs> so how have you been, mate? I'm doing though, Ben. I'm uh, addicted to WWE Supercard, which is free on mobile and has destroyed my life this week. See, thank... I'm not a huge fan of WWE because you nearly killed me with that dead man's before, so luckily I can ignore this one. Thing. Yeah, it's free. And honestly, Ben, you you wouldn't pay money for this, even even you. No offense, because the 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 pay to play on this is kind of pointless and way overpriced. So it's better to just go it for free. Uh, Unless you want to spend twenty five bucks for one card. Well, you know, I don't know what what was is the card is it hard card holographic? Is it shiny? They are not holograph. Uh, well, if you get two of the same, you can combine them, and then it comes a bit shiny. Oh, well, that, that definitely isn't... I mean, you can pay $25 for a holographic card. That would be amazing. But $25 for a door... No, no, no. That is a Sorry. That makes me a sad panda. There you go. Um, is there a Mr. T card? There is no Mr. T card yet, but there is Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man. Ah, sweet. The Macho Man is in it. Um, well, good to hear you've been enjoying that. Uh, and we've also got Paul. We haven't had him for so long. How you been, mate? Yeah, I've been good. It's good to be back. I mean, it has been a while. I can't remember last time I was on. So, oh, yeah. Uh, well, good, it's good to hear to have... from you guys again. Well, it's good to have you back, mate. It's It's been too long. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to jump to the news because we've actually got quite a bit to co- cover this week, really, to be honest. Um, I'm going to start with the probably the most... Exciting for most people, but for me, it's the most boring thing in the world. GTA Five Zombie Outbreak new DLC hinted at it in OPM um, by Simon Sayers, that, that crazy man. Uh, judging by the front cover of next week's official PlayStation magazine, teased by the OPM Twitter account, it looks like Rockstar is playing something involving zombies and GTA Five. The cover shows words "Run." It's a zombie outbreak followed by the list of games: Resident Evil, Dying Light, Hastings, One Z One, The Walking Dead, and Grand Theft Auto Five. Apart from Grand Theft Auto Five, listed, they're all named to be featuring zombies. Uh, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm getting kind of sick of zombies and zombie DLCs and zombie extra modes and just zombie. I just let us have the zombie games that are coming out already. Don't make more, please. We already have like four or five coming out. It's just too much. Dane, what, what's your what's, what's your opinion on this? I just think it's a bit poetic. I mean, the game industry is getting like a zombie outbreak. First one's infected, and then now everything's got to be a zombie game, doesn't it? I'm wondering who Patient Zero is. But <laughs> uh, 
But the the jokes aside, I think it it could be fun for zombie fans. Obviously, I mean the Call of Duty one uh, was pretty popular, and you know who would have thought putting zombies in Call of Duty would have been exciting. Um, so as long as they do it right, I mean, if it's just here's Grand Theft Auto, but all the character mods are just replaced with zombies, I mean. You're not going to survive very long with the driving mechanics of Grand Theft Auto, although that would be fun swerving in and out of zombie hordes. To be fair, at least the AI wouldn't be any different. But the... <laughs> yeah, the AI would probably still be as, as dumb as a rock. So, I mean, is it going to buy? Is it going to allow me? Is it going to make me buy GTA Five? No, because I haven't bought it yet, and I really haven't been interested in GTA since like the first one on the PS2. So no, the first one was PS1. Yeah. Uh oh the first one on the PS2. Like uh, okay. uh Grand Theft Auto 3, sorry. Not but uh just just not my style, just not my type of game. I respect that it's really popular. I respect that other people love it and it sold a billion dollars in like a day, but just not my uh cup of tea to quote uh, the British. Way. And Paul, what's your opinion on this? To me, it just seems a little lazy because they did the zombie DLC for Red Dead Redemption. So it's like, why are you doing it again? I mean, I get Grand Theft Auto is a different game to Red Dead Redemption, but it's still an open world game developed by Rock, well, published by Rockstar. So unless they thought they'd go down the sort of route that they did with the GTA 4 DLC, where you'd sort of have different characters telling their own story, but it would link into the main GTA 5 story somehow, which I actually quite liked. I quite liked how they did that with GTA 4. Now the DLC episode sort of wrapped up the whole of the, the main story kind of thing and showed you a bit more of it and what happened afterwards kind of thing. So, But we'll see. We'll see when it's officially announced what it actually is. Well, I, I, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> keep any hope, especially if it's we're gonna. Get, it's just I don't know the fact that we're gonna have to purchase it full price again for the PS4 soon, and then not long after that it's gonna be probably a, like that's gonna probably be about fifteen quid for the DLC. We've got to say that they're never cheap. The GTA DLC, it's quite big, so it's worth it. But they're always a decent price, so that's like fifty-five quid off the bang right there. Because I'm sure the DLC won't be long after, or even around the same time as the release on PS4. Yeah, I mean, zombie DLC, they'll kind of want that around Halloween time, surely. You know, that Surely. And then, if it's around Halloween time, I mean, look at the deal they had last year on PSN around Halloween time. There's some good stuff on sale. Yeah. So, you're going to compete with people's money for that. Uh, pay your £15, your $15 for a DLC, or a full game in itself. So, Chances are they'll ask Sony for details and release it a week before, a week after the deal. Or um, could do that. So, but still, uh, people, smart people realise that the deal is coming soon and think, "Oh, actually." Uh, but I think I'll leave that probably to you and Mike's special Halloween podcast. If I'm correct, yes, our yeah. special Halloween podcast, year two. It should be very exciting. Hello, Danies. No, that one doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, let's 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 go on to the next story. Um, Retailers will break street day. Our servers won't, says Bungie, as Destiny prepares server switch on for launch. 
In the recent Bungie Weekly update, developers have confirmed that the server switch on for its highly anticipated first-person shooter will take place on September 9th, and we rolled around across the world according to individual time zones. On the blog, Bungie can meet manager Bungie also has to be blah, blah, where you should either check PSU.com or check Bungie for this all. Basically, Destiny is done in some respects, even now, so close to the end, it still feels like we're getting started. Destiny launches on PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One on September 9th. Oh, I kind of don't like this. Um, because as a reviewer, well, a bad reviewer, I, I, I would say that you need a few days to play the game before you can actually review it. And if the servers aren't live for the press, I'm going to guess that there's going to be a press event. But even still, for a game like this, you need more than a certain amount of hours in one day to be able to experience enough to review it, in my opinion. It, you need a couple of days, if not a week, if there is the scope like they keep wanting to say there is. So, uh, I, I think this is a kind of a good move and kind of a bad move at the same time. Uh, it's like those games where they they don't let reviewers or people play the game until it actually comes out or let you write until the day game comes out. It does, doesn't give me hope on the game, sadly. Um, Paul, what's your opinion on this? It's a recipe for disaster, I think, because what's going to happen is you're going to get massive server issues when there's a lot of people at once trying to cram the servers, trying to log on because you need to log in to even play the single-play story mode. So what's going to happen is on launch day, you're going to have probably millions of people trying to log on to play the game, and they're not going to be able to get on because the servers are being stressed. So then no one can play it at all, and people will be crying and throwing crap at Bungie. I'll so, just sit here with my ghost statue and go, you will have to do. Yeah, and just keep <laughs> pretending to say that wizard came from the moon. And just Yeah, just just for hope. Yeah. The wizard came from the moon? The wizard came from the moon! Yeah, that's what I've it says. I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's behind the wall! <laughs> yeah, it's in the game and it turned it came a meme and yeah. you can actually buy a t-shirt which says that no, on. No, you can't buy it anymore, sadly. It was oh, only limited. It limited it? Oh, right. And they got rid of it, they got it out of the game. Yeah, yeah, That'd I've be seen sad. that. Probably because of what happened, you know, yeah. when it became what yeah. it did. It, that's the problem, <laughs> it became big. It became a meme. Why would you want to take that out once people think, Destiny, oh yeah, that, that's that line. It kept, the wizard came from the moon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave. Hey, I'm all down for some wizard uh, coming down from the moon. Merlin comes back and kicks it old school style or new school style, whichever works. But um, I got to agree with you on this, Ben, from a, a review's point of view. Um, it's kind of going to put a lot of stress on reviewers. Now, for the couple who are like – who work specifically for big sites and thus get a paycheck, it probably won't hurt them as much because they're getting paid to do it. Uh, but for the majority of the rest of us who just do reviews as, as passion and it's just a free game and all the hours sunk into it are on your own dime, uh, what I could see happening is a lot of people just reverting back to the beta and their experience with the beta and, uh, <clears throat> and the online for that. So unless you want to have your review done right and professionally and like really late – past the launch t- uh, the launch date say like a week as an example um then uh that means you're gonna have to cut corners unless you do that 
And the one reason you cut corners is so you can get your review up first or quickest. So you get all of those hits and clickbait uh, at the start when everyone is the most eager and the most willing to want to hunt down reviews on the game. Uh, so honestly, it's going to be, it's going to be a cluster crap of issues. I think review wise now has this happened before in the past? Yeah. It's kind of like what it was you or Paul who said it, it was like, you know, they don't release it until the day of. And so you don't see reviews until after, but this is, this is like, this isn't some B tier game or some C tier game. Like this is destiny. And with everyone believing that reviews, everyone being a euphemism, um, that reviews are bought and paid for by a lot, especially on big sites, uh, it doesn't put a lot of credence, doesn't put a lot of faith into a reviewer's ability. So, uh, and then again, with like what Paul said, uh, the servers are going to just get destroyed by people buying it day one, getting it on day one. But I also think it's smart from destiny by Bungie's point of view is because a lot of these games that are big they get their street date broken and it kind of sucks for the people who buy their games legit or uh the companies who sell their games legit i mean it sucks when every single big release the middle east breaks the street date for some reason uh or brazil or some other country that decides you know what i'm gonna sell it two days early and it kind of sucks for everyone else. Oh, uh, yeah. In some, ways in some ways, I'm for and against. I don't, you know, if the game's ready to be sold, then I kind of would love to be able to pick it up as soon as it's ready to be sold. But I, I can understand the reason for street dates. Though, a lot of the times, I just get annoyed at the fact that we have to wait, like, four days after America, or weeks or months. That is That makes me sad. It does. It does make you sad. Although, funny story, I had with um, Persona 4 Arena was that game was dual coded, right? Both English and Japanese at the same time. But because I lived in Korea, it comes out on the Japanese release date. So I thought it was pretty cool to actually get a game before North America for once, because it came well, out a week before. That that game took what I think it was five months to come out in Europe. Yeah, you guys got screwed. And it was region locked, so we couldn't import either. Uh, online was uh, yeah, no. it was region locked. Yeah, online yeah. was not region locked though. Yeah, only only the actual game. <laughs> yeah. So, but still, I mean, you can still play it online against other people. So that is a big distinction. A lot, a, a lot of sites have never actually said. Or a lot of places people don't say. So. Okay, well, we've got some more Destiny news while we're talking about this. Destiny launch trailer sparks dragon rumors. The launch trailer for Destiny has sparked rumors that dragons may feature in Bungie's upcoming first-person shooter. There has been no mention of dragons at all by Bungie throughout its intense marketing campaign, but a flying silhouette which glides in front of the moon, which the wizard came from, has led some to suggest that the, a winged beast may feature in some form or other. Uh, we take this with a huge pinch of salt as we think it's more likely to be some sort of spacecraft, but it's definitely worth watching to spot this mysterious figure. Uh, YouTuber More Consoles, who I I want to say here to promote him a little bit, follow him on follow him on Twitter. Subscribe. He is amazing, and he has all the Destiny news that you'll ever want. Trust me, just follow that guy. I've been a follower for him for years, and he is ah oh, he is an amazing person. 
anyway, enough enough fan back enough enough of fanboy. Um so guy um Dane. Do you want Destiny Dragons? Um well honestly I don't even want Destiny itself. So Dragons Ooh, Dragons isn't going to really win me over, uh unless it's like, you know, Grimlock. If if that <laughs> dragon was Grimlock or one of the Transformers, the dinosaurs. Uh, that would be pretty cool because honestly, that's probably what it might end up being—is some type of like dragon-shaped uh, ship that's kind of taking a page out of the Star Trek playbook. But uh, yeah, Destiny isn't on my radar at all. I probably won't buy it. If I do, it'll be a couple years after release when it's like five bucks. So it's honestly, I'm not the exact person to. To get my hopes up about awesome dinosaurs. Uh, see, Short I, I and sweet. To, I need to ask Glenn Dad in a boo and a hiss to that that remark about destiny. Um, but anyway, Paul, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I'm like you, Ben. I've pre-ordered the game, so I really like the beta. So yeah, if the dragons are in, it, then yeah, are they going to be really, really massive? Like, you need a team to take them down, or can you take them down on your own? Are they going to be like big loot drops, you know, like in stuff like Diablo and things like that? Are they going to be, or are they just going to be standard enemies that you can kill? It'd be or... interesting to see if it be if they're, they're some way linked to like you know Diablo has like the cow level and the whimsical level. It'd be interesting to see if because they take so much influence from Diablo, whether there's going to be something like that, and that's what the dragons from. Yeah, you know, like a like, secret area. Yeah, like yeah, like, or like secret enemies, things like that, where you won't see them that often. Yeah. Crossover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. you know, they're both Activision Blizzard published games, so yeah, they could actually be Diablo Destiny crossover. Yeah. You call it uh, Die Dies Knee? Nah. No, that wouldn't work. Death Below. <laughs> Death Below, there we go. Death Below. Below. <laughs> uh, by the way, we, we, just before we finish talking about Destiny, I'm going to say that. When Destiny comes out on September 9th, I will be doing a 24-hour marathon stream on PSU.com. If you can get I, it working. Yeah, if I can get it working, that is. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not just Destiny, though. I plan to play Minecraft, if it's out, hopefully. Diablo and a few other games during that 24-hour stream. Either way, it's going to be a 24-hour constant stream. Hopefully, mostly on Destiny, if it will work. So are we going to see you fall asleep at some point during that? <laughs> and drool all over the controller? Uh, who knows? We'll see. This will be my first attempt at doing a 24-hour stream. So, Monster Energy drinks. I recommend <laughs> that highly. It's what helped me do those 24-hour sessions, which turned well, into 36. I'll be doing. So I'll be drinking Mountain Dew Energy probably. Uh, that's a that's a cheap that's a cheap alternative. I, I it's about the same price. In fact, is it's it more expensive? Yeah, it's more. Uh, I'd say uh, depending on where you buy, it's more expensive than Monster here. That's right. You guys have your crazy prices in the UK. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's that. So keep an eye on that. September 9th. I shall be doing that. Um, so we'll switch over to something that, to be honest, makes me a bit sad. A little bit sad. A little bit of a tear coming here. Uh, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon are work services, but both titles were canned. Digital artist Ryan Harrison has revealed that new Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon titles were in the works, but cancelled by Activision. See, you do one good thing with Destiny and Diablo, and then you do this. Oh. 
Harrison knows this is because he apparently worked on the artwork for both games and is now displaying his concept art on Devon Art. Which, to be honest, the concept art does look really good. Um, so, Paul, would you like to take Next Generation Crash Bandicoot and Spyro? I would, but it'd be difficult for me to get hyped if Activision were publishing them. For me, I've only really played the Naughty Dog developed Crash games and the Insomniac developed Spyro games. So for me, for me to get hyped for, say, a new Crash Bandicoot game would have to be the long rumour that Sony's buying Crash off Activision. And that's been Sony announced that. That's when I get hyped for a new Crash game. Nothing else. Who knows? That could be why they cancelled them. Uh, probably not. <laughs> we wish. Uh, yeah. And Dane, you got any opinions on this? Um, I do. It might not be the most uh, popular opinion, but I'm just thinking, why would they... Okay, this might not be the popular... This might be... This isn't the actual unpopular opinion, but it sucks when a game has to get cancelled. To me, I always wonder why they get cancelled because you're spending so much money to even start it. And then, you know, the the longer you get into the production of the game, the more money you've sunk into it. So you'd think they'd at least be like, okay, we might as well go the extra mile, release it, and recoup some costs back. I mean, to cancel it, they must think they're going to sell nothing. Uh, like, nothing to recoup any costs. Like, it goes back to Mega Man Legends 3 with Capcom. I mean, why spend all the money on something and then just can it? But then the unpopular opinion would be how, like, why would Sony buy Crash back? I mean, honestly, because you know there's so much hype towards PlayStation fans wanting that character back on the PlayStation and back at Naughty Dog that you know Activision is just going just gonna to overprice the IP. And there's no point in Sony paying like through the nose for a game that if it was really that important, if it was really that popular, I mean, they probably would have kept it. Uh, they they wouldn't have, like, or they would have bought it a lot sooner. Because I mean, is a new Crash game going to sell like The Last of Us? Probably not. I'll be honest. I think a lot of fans just want it because of the nostalgia reasons. And then the moment that the game is announced, I bet half of them won't even buy it. Uh, not to sound like a nihilist or depressive or negative, but I think that's that's what it is. Is you just see so much of the bandwagon. And then here's the game, and then half of them don't even bother with it. Well, if if Shack Two can can be existing, then this can exist at one point in time. It will come out eventually. Oh yes, even if I have to somehow fund it myself, I will. Shack Two. Yeah, Shack Fu Two is coming out. It's it's been it's been kicked. It successfully got kink funded months ago. Wow, that's but if that's that so can good. exist. I, I don't know when it, I don't know, I think it's I don't know what it's going to be on. I know that it got kickstarted and it successfully kickstarted, but if that can exist, anything can exist. I mean, it can't be as bad as the first Shaq Fu, so it's only going up. Yeah, well, it could be worse. They could that could be their goal. Our goal well, is the goal I mean, is to at, make it as bad as possible <laughs> to get some hype around it. Well, yeah, it could be, well, it could be like Haze. That is one of the worst games ever made. But anyway, I, I'm rambling along here. Let's let's move on to a bit more news. 
because there's so much, it's a ridiculous amount to cover. Uh, Silent Hill's creator reveals PT postcode secret. Hideo Kojima has revealed one of the secrets that were hidden in PT, the playable teaser of Silent Hills, which I still find annoying. It should be Silent Hill, not Silent Hills. Um, anyway, which was released on the PlayStation Store during Gamescom earlier this month. It turns out the name of the fate studio behind the game, 7780, turns out to be a Japanese postcode that relates to the... This is when I'm going to sound insulting. Sh- Sh- Shizuka? Region of Japan? Shizuka? S-H-I-Z-U-O-K-A. Shizuoka. Shizuoka. There we go. Yeah, Shizuoka. Uh, anyway, the translation of... I'm saying it again now. Shizuoka is Quiet Hills, a place that is also known by nickname as Silent Hills in Japan. Though, I read a comment below that supposedly it also it meant actually that the area of that circumference, which is 7780 square kilometres, so which one is true, I don't know. But either way, that's an interesting little fact that was hidden. Uh, have you tried PT Day yet? No, uh, it's on PS4, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Have so you watched even someone if, play if, it yet? No, I haven't, because honestly, that would kind of break the... Uh, if if it's as scary as everyone's telling me it is, and it, it probably is because it seems to be universal uh, in that opinion, I don't want to be watching someone else because I'm not going to be afraid. I'm just going to be looking at it on a screen and seeing someone else either play it really well and I know something's coming or play it so bad I'm just going to get bored and think this dude's like a noob or something. So... Uh, I will not be able to play the trailer unless they keep it up even after the game's release. Well, you could do the usual thing of adding it to your store downloads and having your history. And that shows how smart you are over me because I never even thought of that. That way, when you do get your PS4 in the future, you can just download it. But would it still even be on the store? As long as it's in your history, it doesn't matter. <coughs> oh, really? So I could go back and play the Lightning Returns demo as much as I want? Yeah, you could if you wanted to. Well, that's I did not know that. That shows how little I know about the PSN store. The only difference is the fact that the Lightning Returns thing, you wouldn't be able to get the the reward because well, thank- that would you know that'd be expired. But I thankfully got that reward ahead of time. So, but yeah, as long as you as long as it's in your history, there's not many things that ever get down. I think like two or three things have got deleted before. That's only because of exploits. Yeah, or uh, that. And I think even Deadpool, you can, if you look, have it in your history, you can download it. You just can't buy it. Well, that's good then. Um, as long as it's in your history, it's safe. Um, yes. So that's a reminder to everyone, whenever you see your free play- PS Plus games come out, just immediately hit buy. Yeah. So that, that way, way you don't have you to get, worry. Yep, that way you have to wait. When you get your PS4, it's all ready to download, even if they're not there anymore. Uh, as your free games, of course, I mean. Um, so, Paul, what do you think of this? Um... PT. PT, that yeah. was it, yeah. I'm yeah, because um, we yeah, you, you went <laughs> on to talk about Lightning Returns. Um, well, I haven't played it because I'm not brilliant with horror, to be honest. It's not my favourite genre of game. And I've never really played Silent Hill, so it hasn't interested me in that regard either. But I do love Kojima, so it's... so. I'm more interested than I would be otherwise, but still, I haven't downloaded it. So, I mean, I could do, but... Well, same here, I'm not yeah, a, horror, like, I'm a huge like... horror person either. 
I've seen bits of it and that, but it's not really something that interests me. It's not for that. Oh, I want really want to play that. So I probably won't bother saying that. <laughs> oh, well. Bring a new underwear if you ever do decide. <laughs> I still think that should be the collector edition item. You never know. I mean, there's there's been worse things probably as a uh, as a uh, reward. But I mean, it's Kojima. It's gonna be good. I mean, not to sound like blind or like a, a fanboy of his, but his work is just so good and so unique. And I don't think he's made a bad game yet. Can you think of a bad Kojima game? I, I, no, can't. No, so I mean, even if it's like the next Zone of the Enders, which I mean was probably the least popular of his series uh, because there's not as much hype around it or fanboyism around it, I mean, that's still a success because Zone of the Enders was pretty popular. So... I mean, it's going to be good when that game comes out in 2016 or 2017 or whenever it completes. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens with that. I know that he's been wanting to do this for a few years now. Um, I remember the the Eurogamer Expo conference about two years ago. He talked about doing a horror game. Um, and he said that he actually got contacted by um, Konami about it as well, about doing a Silent Hill about two years ago. So, be interested to see if that's how long it's been in talk so far. Um, well, good for Konami that they had a horror yeah. game as an IP. Yeah. So, so yeah, he he said that he didn't want to do it because of how scared, how easily scared he is. Um. So, we'll, yeah. Even now, he says that's the reason why he's doing it. Actually, because he said he's easily scared, so he can make it even more scary because he knows what scares him. <laughs> Well, that is smart. I actually would have... Uh, I didn't know that about Kojima, that he wanted that he specifically wanted to make a horror game. I always heard he just wanted to make something not Metal Gear. Uh, so to me, the, uh, the, like, the DreamWorks in my head would have been, man, why couldn't he have been on like Resident Evil? Imagine Kojima making a Resident Evil game. Well, Silent Hill is close to that, really. Close. It's true. It is, it is close, but it's not Resident Evil. But still, that's the fanboyism talking, the dream in my head. That would have been a really cool combination. I'm sure Capcom would have liked that. I, I, see, I would I would love to see Kojima. Uh, I can't remember his name now off the top of my head. The person that made Killer is Dead. Suda51. Oh, uh, Suda51. Oh, yeah. Suda51 is just crazy. Imagine a Suda51 and Kojima game. That probably would be the most controversial game ever. It would be. It would just be insane. Well, considering that the Suda games get flack all the time for its controversial uh, content, and then Kojima is the biggest troll in the world, uh, I say that respectfully because he knows how to play people's emotions like a, like a puppeteer. That would that would be just an amazing an amazing ad campaign for a game. Why are you getting my hopes up now, Ben? <laughs> because I'm about to kick him down with this. Sony Jim Ryan talks about future of PlayStation brand potentially becoming a software service. Um, the thought of not having a physical PlayStation console in the future is enough to make some sections of gaming community shudder. 
there could be a reality with PlayStation now being the catalyst for Sony Computer Entertainment's master plan. Speaking with the Metro at Gamescom, President and CEO of Sony Computer Entertainment Europe, Jim Ryan, was questioned about the idea that consoles may not always be the best platform to play games on. When the interviewer making reference to the fact that his son plays it on an iPad, oh, I hate saying that, and complains when having to use a controller. We're aware of the dangers of complacency, which is why we used the word twice last night in the press conference. And you know, it's not necessarily the case that there'll always be static games console, not necessarily. And you know, the work we're doing on PlayStation now is evidence of us exploring alternative ideas. Yeah, Sony. When, I, I don't even think we're ready with the PS5 for cloud gaming on a full scale. People, not everyone has decent, fast speed internet. I know I do, and I'm lucky because I do. But not everyone can afford or can even get it in their areas. So you'd be cutting your user base down, I think, if you do go streaming only. Um, and I like the idea in a way. I kind of do. But I don't know. Uh, Paul, what, what do you think of a streaming box? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about streaming box in per se, but I think streaming will become a bigger part of gaming in the next five to ten years because you know streaming's already happening with PS now which is available in North America coming to the UK next year and internet speeds are going to get faster and if PS now is a success which I think it will be I think eventually Sony will get the subscription service right at the price and it'll end up coming to a point where people accept the pricing structure that PS now has and it will grow to be a viable source of income for Sony and a viable service for many people around the world, but it will never replace playing a game on the native hardware the same way streaming a movie on Netflix will never replace a Blu-ray or streaming on Spotify will never replace buying music on a CD or even records still. People still buy records or even just digital music stored locally. So as much as streaming is a big part of people's everyday lives there's always going to be a room for native media and i think it's both can coexist in gaming as well as everything else so for me personally i don't think there'll ever be a streaming box on its own but there'll always be something that can play games natively and stream which we've got currently with the ps4 the ps3 the vita your phone tablets whatever so it's just going to stay the same but they're going to become service is going to become ubiquitous i think ps now will, will be pretty much everything you want that's the future i think and dane what, what do you think about the streaming future um i think it'll be a nice service i think it'll be like like an add-on but honestly i don't think we're we're gonna see the death of our consoles because you know, I look at it this way. Steam is an amazing service. Steam does so much easily. I mean, it's just click, install your game. It doesn't in the background where you're doing other stuff. Like, I mean, for people who are not computer literate at all, it's just like an amazing thing, adding all of the deals. And the reason I'm hyping this up is because Steam is for the PC, and you would think with such a, something so amazing, um, it would just streaming, kill Streaming, not Steam. Well, no, I know what I mean, but I'm getting to another point okay. with that. I'm using it as an example. But okay. Steam hasn't killed consoles. 
So not everyone has decided to jump ship from the consoles over to the PC because of this new awesome service. So even if PS Now is just amazing and awesome, we're still going to see a PS5. It's just going to run through the PS5. Um, is Because honestly, gamers, console gamers like consoles. For some reason, it's just something about having the controller in your hand on a TV screen is what has them hooked. Um, and so take that away i think honestly you take away some of the mystique and that kills some of the the love of playing games for some people right part of it is just sitting there in a chair with a computer a controller in your hand as as simple as that sounds so will it be awesome yeah i think playstation now would be pretty sweet especially if they can do lots of cool features with it like adding trophy support to all of their ps1 and ps2 games and things like that um, but will it replace a console? No, it'll just, I think it'll just be, here's your PlayStation five. Here's better technology. Here's better specs, but you're going to just get everything through, uh, PlayStation now instead of PS plus or, or PlayStation network. It's now just PlayStation now. Okay. Well, that's quite a, a good idea. Uh, see, I wasn't expecting such positive news. I was expecting some sort of yeah, people. I don't know. I'm happy that it's positive, but at the same time, I'm worried about the future if it does become a streaming box. Because, well, as I said before, not everyone will, even in a few years' time, will have access to proper internet speed. Probably, there'll be a few that is, people. That, that is true. Because I mean, there's still a lot of people in the U.S. who have dial-up dial-up yeah. in 2014 i mean that that thing's like even if you double the dial-up speed that's like what eight kilobytes a second yeah I mean, all that speed yeah that's some woof man that's just gonna blow by people that speed and yeah. it's not like games are getting bigger and bigger i mean it's not like they're 20 kilo oh yeah kilobytes 20 yeah, mega 20 <laughs> 20, it's not like they're 20 gigabytes or, or 30 gigabytes or something, you know? It's, it's, I mean, I look at it yesterday. Yesterday, I was uh, downloading the next game I'm reviewing, but I'm like, I'm jacking one of my neighbor's Wi-Fi because I'm having a bit of an internet issue, but he knows I'm jacking it. He said I could. <laughs> but I mean, even in South Korea on a Wi-Fi, it still took about 10 hours to download this 20 gigabyte game. Well, wow, I mean, you put it on dial-up. You're never playing that. Not in <laughs> maybe a month later, at best, a month no, later. you'll be playing that game when the new game comes out. Look, congratulations! Yeah. You finished downloading FIFA FIFA 14. But it's okay. FIFA 15 is out now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's uh, I I just I just think in a couple of years, I think the landscape will change, and then, um, I mean. Streaming's good. I think the I think the only people who are gonna hate it, this all streaming service or this all download only future, are the diehards who enjoy a physical CD or cartridge, whatever have you, uh, in their hand. And I can understand that because for me as a collector, it's kind of cooler to have something on the shelf to display. It's also better uh, if say. Sony decides to go bust after a year 
and then it's like, well, where's all this game? Where are all these games I paid for? They're they're in the cloud, as in they're magical now. They don't exist. <laughs> Whereas I could still take my NES cartridge off the wall, off the shelf on the wall, and put it in, and still play it twenty. 20 some years later, 30 years later. Um, so I think those are going to be the diehards that hold off on and are like more iffy about this streaming service. Well, to be honest, as I said, you pretty much covered everything I thought about Dane. So we're going to leave this little topic uh, to rest a little bit for now. It'll probably come up quite a bit, especially with the beta being for PS4 in Europe. I think it's they're aiming for spring 2015, with the UK getting it first. Um, so we'll be interested to see how it works in Europe. Um, uh, so let's go on to our reviews, and I'm going to say one. I'm going to say that a lot of these reviews, I'm probably going to mention the names wrong. So, so please, please don't insult me, um, everyone. Um, so our first review is, ho ho come. What a name. It's amazing. Um, this was written by Kyle Prowl. Uh, the final word, he says, Ho Ho comes worthy greatly depends on one's ability to reveal in simple, charming discoveries. There's no lasting impact, meaningful messages or resolution to its shallow core mechanics, but it's a playful aesthetic and relaxing music that makes being in its space enjoyable for a time. A detailed world of surprise and secrets, enchanting music, technically polished, and its dislikes are objectives without purpose. Absent context and narrative and trial and error exploration. He gave it a 6.5, which is not a bad score. That's just above average. Or just below average. Either way, it's, it's, about, pre- it's, it's, it's about average score. for Kyle, too. Yeah, so it's pretty decent score, that. Um, uh, either of you played that game? <coughs> Home no, Home I never Cup? had the chance. No chance yet. Okay. Uh, Paul? No, I've not played it, uh, so... Uh, okay, we'll go to our next review, which is done by <laughs> Timothy Nunes. Um, this was Tales of Exilia 2. Uh, the final word, he said, Tales of Exilia 2 boosts a constant feeling of progression for the entire game. And though the leveling has a new and somewhat particular skill-based development, the complete RPG package can be found within this wholehearted sequel. He likes the constant pipe growth, the fully realised combat system... The exploration mostly executed and he dislikes the lodger as an avatar. Aluminum orb development and rare frame drops. It gives it a 9 out... Well, just gives it a 9 out of 10. Um, I must admit, I've never actually played the Tales of Exilia game and I really should should get into it sometime. The first one's really good. Um, Tim was really nice. Tim was a stand-up guy. He sent me his extra copy of number one uh, when I was in Japan. And I played it a bunch, and that game was really fun. I was surprised. The start was I was kind of like, man, this start seems a bit weird, and it just places you there, and you don't know what you're doing. But as I got more and more into it, like I, I agreed with his score, and I, I quite enjoyed it. So number two, the fact he gave number two a nine means that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I will try someday, I think. Um, so I'd be interested to see what it is actually like. Um, I think we'll go to our next review then. I, I'm guessing you haven't played it, Dane. I mean, my uh, Paul. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't start calling me by loads of other names. Sorry, Again, Paul. I was I, I was looking at my yeah. emails at the time. You, you're not. 
person to comment on someone's name. Man, you certainly won't be able to, so it's okay. Uh, no, I've not played it. It's not my thing, to be honest. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, Counter Spy, PS4 and PS Vita review by... I've forgotten his name now, but I thought it was Chris. Timothy Noon. Chris Clement. Yeah. Ah, Chris. Ah, amazing. Um, he's helped with the PS, the new site design so much. And he's just an amazing guy. And please, please don't go at me now for forgetting your name. Um, the final word, Save the Moon Encounters by a title created by a team of incredibly talented developers and creators from many different mediums, experience Bond SK style in a brand new way. Yeah, he said it's good, a truly an adjective gameplay, impressive artistic style, cross by cross save, and did dislike the slow dying times on the Vita. He gave it a 9.5. Um, it's a high score. Uh, and it's I've a really heard high there's, score. there's been a bit of controversy over this review on the Metacritics. Um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk, but I've heard there's been a bit of an issue recently. Oh, uh, well, Metacritic, uh, it's a mixed game. Some people have given it some high scores. Some people have given it some low scores. I mean, right now, Metacritic has it at a 67. Ah. Right, so out of, I'm just double-checking, out of 16 reviews, it's got a 67. I mean, are we the only one who gave it in the nines? No, we're not. So it's not just us. Um I look at it this way, to put this into context some, uh, to go on to what you said about Chris is helping with the site all the time. I mean, the dude has a full-time job, and then he spends his free time helping like code and, and rebuild things for us. So he has limited time. And so we gave him the review, and he's got a bit of a limited time. So if he hated it, you know when you don't have a lot of time, you're just yeah. going to just destroy it with the score. So the fact that he gave it a high score means he must have really, really enjoyed it. And so take that into account a little bit. And maybe some of those other scores uh, are maybe a bit harsh or something. But if, if he gave it a 9.5, I'm willing to give it a try when I'm, when I'm able to. Uh, I'll take his word for it. I think I'll give it a try as well because I trust Chris. He is awesome. Uh, and Paul, have you tried it yet? I haven't, but I'm really interested in it because I watched the Giant Bomb quick look on it. And um, what was interesting to me was Jeff Gersman said that the lead artist on this game worked at Pixar on The Incredibles. Oh, well. So, so yes. And you can kind of see it, actually. If you look at sort of the way the graphics look, you can kind of see a Pixar-y sort of... So. But the game itself looks pretty cool. It sort of, you know, sort of has an interesting mechanic to it, you know, with the two different sides, things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I might get it, actually. I don't know. Oh, cool. Well, that's three people who are thinking about getting this game, so that's good. Yeah. Um, our next review is by, it's called Akabir's Trip Undead and Undressed Review by, I've never heard of this person before, Dane, <laughs> the most with the host by my book, Smith. Um, it, it, I must admit, I'm, I was really excited for this review, more than a lot of the reviews this week. Um, so, let's have a look-see. The final word, a flawed but enjoyable RPG that pushes the limits of taste in the Western culture. Oversensitive gamers of the social justice persuasion will hate it. But for those who are only looking for fun, you can pick this up and enjoy the humour and setting and appreciate for it is a piece of otaku fan- fandom. Uh, we like the unique approach to combat, the A-plus voice acting, the great detail put into recreating 
Akihabara. 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 One day I will say this word. Akihabara. Akihabara. We dislike the average musical store that doesn't pop out of the listener. The average story that only gets the job done and the bland graphics that do a disservice to the environment they created. Uh, we, he gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, um, so, yeah. I must admit, I, 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 I'm thinking about buying this. What What's it for again? PS3? It's for the PS3 and the PlayStation Vita. Uh, keep in mind that this review was only done on the Vita. Okay. So I did, I did not uh, play it on the PS3. So well, if I got it for anything, it would probably be the Vita, so I can hide yeah. it away. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not it's not as bad or as creepy as say the uh, the cover art of the article on the site or or the the setting, the themes in the game make it sound like. I mean, it's actually quite unique how they do things, where it's like you're a vampire. And you're fighting other vampires. And what is the universal weakness of vampires? Except in Twilight? Well, Hugs. the sun. So, oh, okay, I was wrong there. Right? Oh, okay, one of them. Let me rephrase, one of them. Well, they're weak against... This... Are they, like... Isn't it rice? They, they want to count rice, if I'm rightly, vampires. Uh, water, light, steaks... Um, they, there's a there's a bunch of them, but I mean, but I always latest, find that rice one funny. Never even heard of rice before. Yeah, supposedly vampires like to count things. So one of the uh, things was the fact that if you throw rice on the floor, the vampire will have to count it. Why doesn't Simon Belmont just do that? It'd save him so much time. <laughs> Easy to, win. He'll have to. Coup also, a vampire cannot enter your, enter your house until you allow you them entry. Yeah, I heard so that. So you allow them in and then throw rice and run. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, how it works is like you're a vampire. There's other vampires are like man-made or something, and uh, it's they're sensitive to the light, but not so much that they die on sight of it. But the less you wear, the more it affects you because there's more skin to be, you know, quote unquote, yeah. attacked by the light. So what you do is you just strip them. And so that kind of a creepy mechanic, it turns into something unique. Um, I think the problem a lot of people, the controversy about this game is the fact is you're stripping people. And so there's going to be some TNA. But as I say in the review, it's not like, I know, oh no, TNA. I mean, it's not like, it's not like it's dead or alive. (laughs) I mean, I mean, honestly, there's more TNA better done in dead or alive extreme beach volleyball than in this. Um, so if, if all you're playing it for is TNA, just download porn. That's like a direct quote from the review, right? <laughs> just download porn. It's cheaper. It's easier or play or play DOA. I mean, so, uh, it's fun. It's unique. Is it gonna like break your mind open with some new philosophical thought about life? No, not at all. It's just a fun thing to play on a road trip. And uh, there is enough positives about the game, especially the detail they put in Akihabara. That was ridiculous. I mean, everything in that game, circa the development time, is what Akihabara looks like. I mean, they oh, just wow. rebuilt the area. And I mean, I was I was running through the game and I saw this giant, like, um, space invader sign on the side of a building. 
And I'm like, I saw that in real life when I was at the Tokyo Game Show. Like, I know where that is. And then you get all these flyers from, from care NPCs that are advertising like real life stores that agreed to be a part of this game. I mean, it's just an ultimate fan service game. So, uh, it's amazing. Just, it is amazing. The only downside, again, story is just, it just gets the job done. Music just gets the job done. There's nothing bad about that. But I mean, you know, so it's average. That gets an average score. If the graphics, if they decide to shell out more money on the graphics, I would have given the game a higher score. But since the whole focus of the game is on Akihabara, and yet it's just minimalistically done like a PS2 game, in my opinion, then I had to minimize the the score and stuff because that was the focus. Oh, well, what a shame. Oh. But it's good. It's worth the money. Pick it up. If you don't want it new, then you know what? You see it on sale. It's worth the 10 It's worth the, the, the $20. You'll get some laughs out of it. Well, we'll go on to, we've got two more reviews left, guys. Uh, Surgeon Simulator A&E Anniversary Edition Review by Simon Says. This game, I've, this is another game that I, I must be. I tried it, the PC version last year and I failed. I couldn't do any. I couldn't even do anything. Um, I literally could not do a single thing in the game. This little kid was stood next to me, doing proper surgery, and I couldn't even pick up a, a glass to drink, let alone do the surgery. Um, anyway, this was reviewed by Stephen Sayers, one of our top reviewers. Simon Sayers. Simon Sayers, sorry, one of our top reviewers. I mean, he's just there. He's at the top. Uh, the final word, he said, the novelty and humour soon wears off, but a local co-op play is a great addition, and professionalists may get a kick out of the tough challenge of gaining a perfect A grade. Too frustrating to be concerned with fun, though, it does get easier with practice. Uh, 20 challenges, challenging operations to complete. Co-op adds play, extra value, and laughs. Control scheme seems like it would be more suited to touchscreen, very difficult to pick up items, and lack of tutorial means that they will have no idea on how to complete the first operation. He said he gave it a 5.5. And I agree with the control scheme. It's, it's it's worse than using your own hands. It's weird. It's just weird. It'd be even worse on controller, I think. Uh, Paul and Dane, any 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 ideas on if you'd like this? No, really. Okay. Crickets. Yeah. Just... It's no goat simulator. Exactly. There's yeah. no goats. Yeah. Okay, we'll go on to our last review by Dane by my booksmith. Disgaea three sorry, Disgaea four, a promise revisited review. I don't know why I said three. My brain is, is not here. Three is, is an awesome game too, yeah. so don't worry. An ultimate edition of the original PS three version, the added three goodies reward fans and those who skipped it on the PS three. Disgaea and RPG fans will be in love, but the tr- extra trinkets won't be enough to win over non-fans of the long-running series. Uh, we like the political satire storylines of the real world, the A-plus voice acting and characters, the standard issues overabundance of side content, and we dislike the dialogue that gets old quickly. And Dane gave it for him, which is really good, an 8.5. Well, that is a good score for you, Dane. For RPGs, yeah, I I grade RPGs quite harshly, so that's a that's a good score for me. Um, is it as good as Disgaea D two? I gave that a nine, so obviously not. Um, it's a fun game. I had fun playing it. It starts off really slow though. 
it starts off really painstakingly slow to me. And it took a while before the story started to come alive. So that's one of the reasons why it wasn't as good as, as D2. And the score reflects that. Uh, but once you get into the story, it's it's quite elegant in its satire of real-world politics and on how it gets the way it does. And, um, you know, it's a nice game. So the uh, A-plus voice acting is going to be there. That's standard. I mean, they're just one of the most amazing companies at getting voice actors. Uh, and then, of course, it's a Disgaea game. So it has the most side content of any RPG out there. I mean, you could just play the side content alone. You beat the game, there's even more side content. Uh, and then it's an ultimate version. So it, gets, it came with all the DLC from the, uh, the first game, uh, from the PS3 release. So, I mean, it's, it's worth the money, uh, especially if you want something else on your handheld, another good RPG to play. Or you're a trophy hunter and you want some extra trophies. So, and you already beat the first one. On the PS3. That's good. Um, what about for players like me who are really bad at strategy RPGs? Um, honestly, okay, I'll tell you the I'll tell you the cheat. It's not really a cheat, but just your your main character is always overpowered. Like I can I can blow through a Disgaea game by just leveling up the main character, and that's it. You just grind oh. with him a couple times. There's a cheat shop in this game. So what the cheat shop does is you can reduce the amount you get from, say, experience, your mana, or your uh, money, and then add that to one of the others. So if you want to really grind XP, you don't need money, reduce the money you get, add it to the XP, and then you just grind certain levels, easy to kill levels, and your guy gets overpowered really quickly, and then you can just breeze through the game by him soloing it. There's a couple. There's a couple tricky areas that try to prevent that, but all in all, you just need one OP character, and that's it. That's the one downside of Disgaea games. It's the same for all of them. Uh, so, yeah. So no strategy involved. Oh well. Um. So yeah, thank you for that. So I'm gonna take a little break for a minute, so you guys don't get so sick of my voice. I'm gonna ask. You guys, what have you been playing recently? Uh, I'll start with actually Paul. What what have you been playing recently? Um, it's been a while. Yeah, uh, well, I've been playing The Last of Us Remastered. Yeah. Yep. Uh, played it through again on Survivor, and I've been playing the multiplayer, which I didn't do on PS3. Um, which is surprisingly good. I didn't think it'd be as good as it actually is. It's just it's quite a well-balanced multiplayer experience with... Uh, sort of a game where every of the all the weapons are all overpowered and it sort of requires you to not run around like an idiot because you just get killed and it kills all your team as well which happens to me quite a bit because I have idiot teammates because I play with randoms so yeah that, that, that idiot teammate would probably be me yeah you're meant to sneak around you're meant to sort of look through the corners and sort of sort of basically see the enemies before you see you kind of thing. Not like Call of Duty where that's just, that's the entire game, but sort of, sort of yeah, be aware, be aware of your surroundings. That's what you've got to be doing. Not just running through the corridors because you're just going to 
be exposed, really. So, yeah, it's good. That's pretty much all I've been playing, actually. To think oh, of well. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is a good game, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, phenomenal game. Dane, have you been playing much? <laughs> uh, well, considering we just read two of my reviews, uh, that was kind of what I was playing all of last week. I was also playing a lot of WWE Supercard on my mobile, which has destroyed uh, destroyed my free time. For such a simplistic, easy game, WWE fans will just love it, especially if you love card games and a little bit of strategy and thinking, and it's free, uh, no strings attached on the on mobile. Um, there's that. And I just uh, started playing Warriors Orochi 3 Ultimate um, uh, for my I'm, review. I'm jealous. I can't, I can't say anything about it because there's an embargo. So I'll just leave it at that. That's what I'll be playing for the next little bit. Um, so, yeah, but Supercard... Supercard was really fun. A lot of tournaments. I'm looking for... It's really minimalistic right now. It's just exhibitions to grind for better cards. And then there's King of the Ring to like have your little tournament setting. But what I'm looking forward to is... They said they're going to add more and more content to it. So I'd love if they added like Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or any new types of matches. Because as, as much fun as I'm having kind of getting a bit bored of just playing exhibition i mean i've played it over 700 matches in a week so getting a bit tired of of grinding uh on that so or just little tweaks to the uh the drop rates of of rare cards and and such well thank you for that i i've been playing as you can guess it, Warframe. Up oh, the new update came out last week, so I've been getting everything ready. I kinda of spent more money on the game. I've now spent nearly three hundred pounds on that game. Total? total? Or just this weekend? In total. Okay. Um, well that's not too bad. Um it's just little little bits and bobs since it came out. Uh, to be fair though, to the game I have put nearly five hundred hours into it. nearly five hundred hours into it. So the amount of entertainment I've got from the game, the amount I've spent, it's probably more than I've actually less than I've actually spent on other games I've played for less. Five hundred is a lot of hours, so yeah. yeah. So I don't mind, you know, like this new update. They've added a whole new personal ships. They've added new new custom maps, new warframes, new weapons. They've sorted out the abilities. They've added pets. You can now have a dog that follows you around. The dogs are custom. Each dog is different, has different stats, has different looks, has different abilities. You can breed the dogs with other other dogs to make better dogs if you want. So, you know, they've added a lot in this one update for free. So I, I don't mind paying because, well, it's like getting a whole new game, half a new, whole new game pretty much. So, and I've also been playing a lot of Diablo. Which I I play too much of. I, I seriously, I play too much Diablo Three. Since it launched on PS4, I think it was last Tuesday. I have now maxed out my character at level seventy, and I've got seven Paragon points at this moment. Though probably I'll have a, a few more tonight by the time this goes live in a few days. So yeah, I've been playing that way too much. Way way too much. 
Uh, I'm working on getting the whimsical area with the staff of herding, where I get to fight unicorns and cows. And I, 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 I want to get the rainbow sword and the burger daggers. They sound amazing. Daggers made of burgers. <laughs> what, what else would you want in a game about Just demons? You eat your own sword? Who knows? But you can glamour onto your own sword so you can have your cool stats and it can look like a burger. It's like the burger. weapons. So if you need health, you can eat your weapons instead. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's like it's like the best of both worlds. And remember, and also, I want this potion. There's one potion in the game that I found out today. It's called the Bottomless Potion of Coolie Aid, where you get 60% of your health back. And when there's uh, there's some demons in the game called Whalers, which run round you and put stone walls round you, which block you off. If you drink a potion of Coolie Aid, you can run through the walls for five seconds. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> is it actually called Coolie Aid? That's yeah. how they got around the uh, yeah having to shell out money for Kool Aid. Yeah, it's it's K U L L E Aid. <laughs> is is the Kool Aid man in the game? Is he gonna come out as like a special boss? I don't know, but I know the description of the potion is oh yeah. Jeez, that sounds <laughs> something like right out of a, a scare game. That's that's I give that two thumbs up. So yeah, that's. Uh, I want, but that potion only drops on the hardest modes, the torment stuff, which are ridiculously hard. I mean, I hit right now for a million to two million damage, and in torment mode, that takes about one percent of the enemy's health. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's a normal enemy, not a boss either. Oh, wow, yeah. that's insane! And this is what's this on PS3 or PS4? It's on PS3 and PS4, and if but which you one the, are you playing it on? I'm playing on PS4. Okay. Uh, but if you do purchase the PS3 version, because you can't wait, your character is is able to transfer from PS3 to PS4 when you do get the PS4 version. Is that is that an unlimited time or is yeah, there it's like unlimited time? It's just an import, so. Well, that's good for me because I only have the PS3 version. Yeah. So. But, yeah, you can transfer your character over and you can carry on, which is pretty nice. Um. So that's what I've been playing recently. So we're going to slowly wrap this up. First, we're going to... We actually got an email for once um, from our best and greatest fan in the world. Snova? Al- yes, yeah, Snova. Alfonso Boxhill sent us an email. He said, I haven't forgotten you... Uh, I haven't forgot you guys. Just been extremely busy with work. But congratulations on reaching episode 50. You guys mentioned on a show that's been out for a year... I remember asking back when it was derailed that you should do an anniversary podcast. Do you guys see it happening for Unchained? I don't know. It's going to be... I might have to talk to Mike about it. It would be nice, but... A lot of our guests that we have on are normally on regularly anyway. We don't have a lot of just random guests once a week. You know, once every couple of months or whatever. So it's very hard for me to think of what we would do for an anniversary podcast. Um, I could think of some ideas for that. Oh, we'll, we'll leave it up to me, Mike, and Dane then to have a think about this. We, we'll do it for you, Snowman, because of all the work, all the stuff you've done for me, us in the past. You're awesome. Um, Paul, would you like to be on this anniversary podcast? Yeah, why not? There we go. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, cool. there's three of us here that want to do it. Who I'm doesn't sure want to would... do an anniversary podcast? 
I don't know. I might. Uh, we've got four, at least. I'm sure Mike will want to do it as well. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have a talk and see if it can be done. We could call it the Anna Snover podcast. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Fonz could be on it. Maybe that could oh, be yeah, a special be good. guest. Yeah, it would be good to have Fonz on. Actually, to be honest, he has been a fan since the very beginning, since before I even, before even I joined, the podcasting stuff. Um, From the days of your way back when dinosaurs roamed the earth and people's eardrums were not bursting. And Grimlock ruled with an iron fist. Me, Grimlock. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this week. Um, uh, Dane, how can they, the wonderful listeners contact you? Alright, well viewers can reach me on Twitter at Lasomer Files, L-A-S-O-M-B-R-A-F-I-L-E-S. Or they can reach me at my PSU email, dane.smith at psu.com, D-A-N-E. Any questions, any comments, just feel free to send them. Uh, do not direct message me on Twitter because I never look at direct messages. Uh, so just, just do a normal tweet at me and I will chat with you about anything, uh, especially reviews. If you got a beef with them or you got a praise for them or anything. Uh, also, you can buy my book, The Lasomer Files, Choice and Consequence, on uh, Amazon. It's in Kindle version for 99 cents. And it is in the physical form for those who like uh, paper in your hand for about twelve ninety-nine. Pretty good deals, to be honest. Um, and Paul, how can I contact you? Uh, you can contact me on Twitter at Paul uh, underscore Kelly one. And my PSU email, which is paul.kelly at psu.com. That reminds me of Dane. Have you got any shout-outs this week? (laughs) Shout-outs. Just to the amazing fans, viewers that we have on the show. Without you guys, we can't keep doing this show every week. So uh, please subscribe. Please listen. Please send this to everyone you know. Uh, and any questions you have, please always send to us, and we can read them out on the show for you, just like Snova every week. Yep. Uh, I know Duffman. You you contact me on PSU. You you know you're my accounting bro. You should contact us sometime. You know. Uh, Paul, have you got any shout outs? I was going to say the fans, but Dane obviously beat me to it. So I'll just echo what Dane said. Ah, sweet. Do what do what Dane says, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Chin. It's been too long. I miss you, and I hope Gamescom's been, you know, went well for you. And I hope next month goes well because I know you're a busy man. Um, and I want to make a big shout out to Shahid, and uh, pretty much everyone who follows me on Twitter. I'm close to 500 now. Quite 500 followers. I can't believe Woo-hoo. it. I know. I'm like four followers away. Oh, follow them. Um, yeah, on, I, I was two, but then people left. So thank you everyone that's following me right now. Uh, also, I, I know this will be out 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 of date by the time it goes live, but I was just looking at my friends list and Yoshida's played Demon Souls for some reason. I don't know why. Why I said that? Maybe but he, is. he just loves Demon Souls. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's I my still shout-out. can't believe you have Yoshida on your friends list. <laughs> I still can't believe it. It's insane. Um, so yeah, that's my, my shout out for this week. Thank you all for listening. Uh, oh, and you can contact me at chili underscore UK, ben.chilabithall at psu.com. 
You can also email us at uh, unchainedpsu.com. No, podcast at psu.com. I can't believe I got that wrong. Or you can Twitter at us. <laughs> tweet us at playstation.com. Um, psu.com? To, yeah, that psu.com. It's PSU. literally that. Um, and remember to like, subscribe, and all those magical words, I thingies, to get all our stuff downloaded onto your eye stuff when it goes live. Uh, that includes RDGH as well, so make sure you like, subscribe, and comment, and we'll read them out. On on the on the air from the eye thingies, so thank you all for listening, and thank you for staying. And I think I think the last thank you as always. I think you should all be thankful and praised and be happy, and just generally grateful to to thank God for me. <laughs>